is he goes to the psychic friends network the other reason people don't endure is because they realize they're going to hear from god and god may say hey you know what you're doing the wrong thing you need to change and nine times out of ten you find out those guys just don't want to change i can't tell you how being on this side of a desk in marriage counseling you're like really this is going on and you keep coming back and you keep saying the same thing over and over and over again and so why isn't something changing I'm not willing to change. Have you ever been face-to-face with sin in your life that you've heard in a sermon or read in the Bible, and you just turned a blind eye? Sometimes we downplay what we know is God's voice, and sometimes we ignore the Holy Spirit when He's convicting us. As Pastor Mark continues his teaching series through 1 Samuel, he'll be challenging us to not simply be hearers of the Word only, but to be doers as well. God demands change when He fills us with His Holy Spirit. God requires us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as He sanctifies us and makes us more into the image of Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 28 with today's edition of Come Alive. Though you may not hear from God, He doesn't answer you, keep going to Him. Keep calling Him. Just like that little tapping. I eventually said, what? What do you want? Dad, can we play on your phone? Sure, take it. Have fun. The other kid, the younger one, she was like, what about me? Share. I hear both of you. Just share. So, excuse me. What we witness in the church these days is, well, I only need to pray about it once. I've prayed about it. Or I've had people even come to me and say, and this is crazy, just the other day, my wife and I were talking about obedience, how Do you remember when in the days when we first started and planted the church and even in Albuquerque when these little weird things, and I kind of have a hard time describing it because it's not a good thing, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it turns out to be a good thing, but at that moment, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just kind of, wow, it's random. But these things would happen. And so we were talking about it, and I said, you know, I kind of miss those days. I wonder if the Lord would do that again. And we just started really seeking to be obedient in everything that the Lord wants us to do and just kind of put us second and the kids, you know, second as well. And though our family is our first ministry, but really just kind of seek first his kingdom, as David was saying. And so Saturday, she's she's gone, and she's speaking at a retreat, and, and I think it was Saturday, or no, it was Friday. I was home, and the kids had gone down for a nap, and it was my quiet time, and I was studying, and I just finished studying, and I reached over, and I picked up a book um, by A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of Man. I thought, man, I'm going to start reading this. I'm going to have a great time. It's quiet. I know the kids will sleep for at least an hour, hour and a half. I woke them up super early, so they'll be down for a while. As I sat down, somebody rang the doorbell, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The neighbor kids. And I'm like, school's not even out. Who is this? And I opened the door, and there's an older man and a teenager, his son, and he goes, hey, we heard you were a praying man. And I'm like looking around like <laughs> thinking 
somebody's videotaping. It's a joke. Somebody from the church, and I'm trying to run through the faces. I'm like, I don't remember this guy's face, and I'm going back all the way to the very beginning. And I said, yes, I'm a praying man, waiting for the punchline to happen any minute or water to splash me or something, you know. And so I start snap calling one of my dogs just in case it's a weird thing that's about to happen. I'm like, well, you know, I'll get the biggest dog and he'll fly out the door and some damage will take place. It'll give me enough time to hide kids or get a gun. I don't know. So anyway, he starts telling me about how his marriage is failing and how he kind of blew it in his marriage. And what, it, you know, he just, and his son's sitting behind him shaking his head like, yeah, he really blew it. And I was just like, wow, this is weird. But it's obviously of the Lord. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. Can I pray for you? And he goes, man, I'd love for you to pray for me. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I was like, what's your name? And he tells me, and it's Mr. Strother. And so I, I pray for him. And he leaves. And I close the door, and I sit down, and I text Jess. And I was like, hey, guess what? Some dude just knocked on the door, asked for prayer, and left. And she was just like, random, you know. And I was like, but that's cool because I miss those weird little things. You know, you, some of us call it weird. It's, it's not really good. It was good that I got to do that. But this guy found my house, and they jumped in a truck, and they drove off. And I was just like, that's cool. So there are those things where, you know, I asked the guy as, as before I started praying for him. I said, well, are you praying for your marriage? And he goes, no, I got people at my church praying for my marriage. And, and I want you to pray for my marriage. And I was like, well, that's not how you go about that. So you need to pray for your marriage as well, consistently, if you want to save your marriage. And I will consistently intercede for you daily. And if we can agree to do that, why don't you come back in a week and let me know what's going on? And he said, all right, I'll do that. But see, a lot of times we think that if we ask somebody to pray for us, it's going to work. It may or it may not. There may need to be some persistent prayer, some of that Hey, God, it's me, Mark. Here I am again. Here's what I need. And it gets to be a little annoying if I just kept doing this through the whole message, right? You guys would be like, please stop knocking anytime you can stop, right? I mean, now would be good, Mark, but just, but I'm going to keep doing it. But it gets to be a little irritating. And not that we can irritate God to do what we need him to do, but what it does is it shows us and it shows him that we're persistent, that we're persistent in those things that we see as important. And then all of a sudden, we see in that prayer time, our heart may change. So if Saul were seriously seeking and knew God was there, that's the thing. If he knows that God's there and he was seriously seeking God, then why didn't he stop? Why didn't Saul just stop doing what he was doing? Well, here's why. I tried calling on God and nothing happened. I've heard this before. I've tried talking to God, Mark, but nothing happened. So what Saul does is he goes to the psychic friends in that work. The other reason people don't endure is because they realize they're going to hear from God, and God may say, hey, you know what? You're doing the wrong thing. You need to change. And nine times out of ten, you find out those guys just don't want to change. I can't tell you how being on this side of a desk in marriage counseling, you're like, really? Really? This is going on, and you keep coming back, and you keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. And so why isn't something changing? I'm not willing to change. Well, man, if you'd have just said that the first time, we could have just saved each other a lot of time. I mean, I like you. We could have done more fun things like bowling or go-kart racing instead of sitting here and me constantly saying, well, what's going on? Let me hear this. Let me hear that. If you don't want to change, you don't want to change. And so Saul knows that God's there. 
knows what God's probably going to say. And nine times out of ten, you find out that people just don't want to change. They don't want to change. So why not? Why didn't Saul endure? Well, do you endure for pr- in prayer? You know, you might think, well, yeah, I endure for prayers. I, I do that, Mark. I'm persistent with my own prayer once. But what about for the people around you? Are you persistent in their prayer once? In, in their needs? Well, I don't know what to pray for them. Well, like on Wednesday, we talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, that there are some things you can look at to pray about. Paul says to, that the saints may increase in knowledge and revelation of his word. That's a great thing to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Not for a new car, a new washer, or dryer, but just to have God's knowledge and wisdom. Because within that, they'll be able to make great decisions. And when we make great decisions that are according to God, then guess what? Life may not get easier, but it gets better. Uh, we know we're walking with them. The second thing is, if you're taking notes, is trust. I think it's a matter of trust. Sometimes there will be that silence because God wants you to trust in him and nothing else. So he might just be silent. And I've had to do this. I've had things that, hey, this needs attention right here and now. And there's no answer. God, where are you at? And all of a sudden, it's just continually trusting the Lord. Trust in me, Mark. I'm never late. I'm never early. Well, yeah, but... The due date on this thing says you're late. Well, I'm not. And sometimes it's like I get the answer back. Well, you should have been praying a lot earlier than today. Today, Today's a good day to start. It's never too late. But it's a matter of trust. And to trust in him says, and lean not on your own understanding is what the Bible tells us. As new believers, we sense God's presence by feeling. But there will come a time when we need to just trust God there alone by faith. And again, you remember we were talking, you may feel that God's not there. It may be a feeling. I remember as a brand new believer, one time I used to have this awesome place and it was just me and the Lord. A lot of the times I'd listen to my worship music and I'd read my Bible and I'd have these awesome quiet times and I packed up and I moved and I moved to this new place and I'm in my new room and I'm hanging out and I got my music on, got my Bible open, my favorite pen because I'm writing to my favorite God, my only God, and my favorite journal, and I'm just journaling, and about an hour goes by, and I'm like, man, I'm really not feeling the presence of the Lord. I'm not feeling it. So I prayed, hey, Lord, you know, I don't know if you know, and I didn't know I needed to do this, but I moved. Are are you at the other address? Because, I mean, I didn't send you a change of address deal, but here I am, and I'm not feeling it. And so I went to this old guy named CB, and he said, hey, you know, sometimes, bro, it's not about feelings. It's about faith. You need to have faith to know that God is there and he may be trying to just grow you and and cause you some endurance. If your faith is powered by feeling, and this was the greatest thing he'd said, if your faith is powered by feeling, there's going to be a day when you won't get anywhere and you won't feel like following God. And you know, I found that sometimes to be true. If I did everything based off of feeling, there were days where I'm like, "Ah, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. It's such a beautiful day. I'll just worship him by staring at the sky and doing my own thing having fun, enjoying the Lord and doing what Mark wants to do. Well, now all of a sudden, the fool has said in his own heart, there is no God for that moment, for that time, because I became my own God. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And you're going to be one of those people one day, if you do everything by feeling, if it feels, I didn't feel like God was there today, and I don't feel like worshiping, I don't feel like going to church. There's probably some people that didn't feel like coming today. But if you're going to be one of those people and you say, I don't feel like going to church, 
Yeah, that's just lame Christianity. That's really, I'm not a real good follower. Now, if you're sick, you're sick. But if you just didn't feel like it, feelings fool you. How often have your feelings tricked you? The other day, I thought I felt sick. I was going to call in. I really don't call in, but I could have. And I was like, "Eh, you know what, I'll just push through, see what happens. I didn't feel like sitting down right away to my Bible, but I did, and I opened it up, and it was one of the best quiet times all week. It was one of the best things I got all week. The best nugget was there. So don't do things based on feelings. A third thing is, it could be an opportunity for purity. Opportunity for purity. James 4, 1 through 3 tells us that. James 4, 1 through 3 could be an opportunity for purity. If you want to turn there, you can. You don't have to. I'll get there for you. James 4 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have, you murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight, you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Whoa, what? On your pleasures? Well, what's wrong with my pleasures? If you ask amiss, so what do you think Saul's really asking for? What do you think Saul's really wanting? He wants to kill David. The Lord's anointed. He's asking amiss. He wants to be successful in battle also with the Philistines. And David is on their side. Oh, what he should be asking is God to forgive him and allow him to get his heart right with God. I think a lot of times we miss that. Oh, we're like, hey, God, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have this? Oh, by the way, is my heart right with you? Oh, but anyway, I'm going back to ask for this, that, and the other thing. My heart may not be right. And so sometimes we ask amiss. I've asked amiss, and when I, I, I don't have a conversation with God, it's because it may be for the purification of my own personal motives. The purification of my own personal motives might be happening when I don't hear from God. You might be like, hey, I'm just trying to purify you. I want you to see something. So since Saul doesn't care to obey God and what he already knows, God's not going to give him any more to know. Same thing for you and I. If we don't obey God and what we already know, why would God give you more? Uh, To be faithful in the little things. And so Saul said as much in passages such as 1 Samuel 24, 16 through 20 and 26, 21, yet Saul disregarded what he knew to be God's will in the matter. He knew. He knew God's will in the matter. If, he, if he, we want God to guide us, we must follow what guidance we do have from him. It's just obedience. Just be obedient. Be faithful with those little things. At very least, Saul knew that God didn't want him hunting David and hoping to kill him. Saul knew that. So when we reject the word of the Lord, we can still be comforted by the fact that he is speaking to us. Uh, we can still be comforted by that fact. As we continue to reject his word, he's going to stop speaking to us eventually. And so we might be seeking him. We might just be like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to listen. And we can be comforted by that fact that he's going to speak to us. And then at some point in time, the more we reject, he's just like, okay, cool, man. We're done. We're done talking. You you ever been there with somebody where you're just kind of like, you're not listening to me. So the conversation is over. We're finished. So as we continue to reject his word, he's going to stop speaking to us, and we're going to lose even that comfort. Look at verse 7. It says, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a median, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself, put on other clothes, and he went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, 
And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. And so it wasn't easy to find a medium in the land of Israel because Saul had previously kicked them all out. And again, as according to what God had commanded him to do. So Saul asks his staff to find him a medium. And and they suggest a woman in the city of Endor. Now, the English word medium has in mind the concept of a channel, of a channel. And they stand between the world of the living and the dead, and they communicate between those two worlds. So the servants of Saul, who help him find this medium, instead of just, you know, trying to dissuade him and say, hey, bro, you know, this isn't cool. This is some pretty scary stuff. You don't want to play around with the witchy woman. And yet, they just say, okay, cool, man, we'll go, we'll go find her. And if they had either loved God or their king, they wouldn't have encouraged it. But yet they do encourage it. So Saul disguises himself and he goes. And so, you know, here's one of those things that that Saul has become very ignorant. He knows he can't hide from God, but yet, who's he trying to hide from? And and he's probably thinking, well, you know, this lady's going to recognize me. She's not going to give me the real fortune, so I'm going to dress up. I've got to, you see trickery again here. And so Saul seeks the medium. He brings upon himself a curse. God said in Leviticus 26, and the person who turns after mediums, and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. And so when you start to play around with witchcraft and those things like that, well, guess what? You've just made God your enemy. Bring up the one I shall name for you, Saul asked. So, hey, I'm going to name somebody. Can you, can you call them up from the dead? Now, if I was Samuel, I'd be a little upset with Saul. I'd be like, bro, man, I, I, I was in like the best place ever. And you're bringing me back. So Saul's going to ask this medium to channel the deceased prophet Samuel. He does this because he wants to know what God might say to him. He wants to know what God's going to say to him. Saul is like a man going to a palm reader to hear the will of God. If you want to hear it, here's this. If any of you are considering that or have played around with it, you might be like, oh yeah, I did it once. It wasn't a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. It's a, a big scary deal. So this shows the depth of Saul's fall from God, that he's got to go to somebody else to channel a prophet so he can hear from God. It's kind of like if you and your girlfriend or you and your husband or your wife are in a fight and you got to call somebody and have them call somebody so that somebody can call your spouse and say, hey, tell me what's going on. Here's what so-and-so said. And there's going to get a lot of junk twisted up in the middle. And then you get extra people involved, which is just weird. But so this shows the depth of Saul's fall. It's affected his mind, and he obviously isn't thinking clearly here. So once Saul rejected the truth, he was likely to fall for even the most foolish deception. And so I think Nicodemus sneaking around at night, you know, I think about this also when I see Saul sneaking around. But yet Nicodemus was pretty smart. He goes to Jesus. He went to Jesus, and he got the truth. Uh, Saul... He just finds a medium. Look at verse 9, and it says, And then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done. Now he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Now, again, funny stuff. He swears by the Lord, yet he's sitting there with a medium. And so the medium thinks that this is some kind of setup. 
that she's going to be snared by the government. And so Saul assures her, and by swearing in the name of the Lord, no less, that she won't be punished. I know people that do this. The people who are always, and and you know what, where I see these people the most is on like cops and disorderly conduct, those little white trash TV shows that I love to watch. You see those guys all the time. I swear to God, it wasn't me. I swear, I swear by the, I swear by God. I swear my mother's grave. It's like, really? That's really, you know, you're on video. They just chased you 15 miles. And you're swearing that it wasn't you? It's weird. And so here he starts swearing. Usually when somebody starts to swear like that, you're pretty much sure that, you know what, they're not going to hold up to their end of the deal. I can almost guarantee you. I have an employee that does that a lot. I swear. I promise. I swear. I won't miss another day. Right after he said that, he missed four days. He was right. He didn't miss a day. He missed four. See, Saul's oath in the name of the Lord reminds us that spiritual jargon means nothing. Just because somebody can speak Christianese doesn't necessarily make them a Christian. As certainly as the Lord lives, Saul was in complete disobedience and darkness. He is in darkness. And this is the last time Saul uses the name of the Lord. He uses it to swear to a medium that she will not be punished. Look at verse 11. And then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And, And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And so he said to her, What is this form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Let's stop there. So I find it funny that this lady can call the dead, and she's a channel, yet she starts freaking out when she really sees the dead. She was a a trickster. It was a hoax. But first, before I start making fun of her, like I do with Dionne Warwick, why did Saul want to see Samuel? Well, considering the time, Samuel strongly rebuked Saul, such as in 1 Samuel 15, 22. If you remember that, he was rebuked. And we might think that Samuel was the last person Saul would want to speak to or see because of Samuel constantly rebuking Saul. Probably Saul wanted to remember his good old days with Samuel. And there were some good times when the prophet was the guide and his mentor, like in chapter 9, at the end of chapter 9. So why the medium is so shocked that she sees a dead guy. I mean, she's just completely freaking out when you read this. She's blown away. And so here, she she was a fraud. Every book in the Bible holds meaning for us, even in our modern times. In 1 Samuel, for example, Pastor Mark has been teaching us about the power and sovereignty of God. Our Creator does what He needs to in order to accomplish His tasks, regardless of our involvement. How much better would it be, though, if we did step into God's plan for His world? God wants to use each of us to do incredible things for the kingdom. All we need to do is be willing. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from 1 Samuel, and we'd like to encourage you to keep reading ahead. You'll learn a lot as you discover God for yourself. Another good place to hear and study the Word is in a church setting. Here's Tracy with a little more about what being in the body of Christ can mean for you. Joining a church is more than just showing up for a Sunday morning service. 
It's getting to know the people you're worshiping with. As the church body grows together in the love and teaching of God's Word, it will become a powerful and effective witness for Christ within its walls and beyond. If you're near Katy, Texas, we'd love to meet you Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Katy. Visit ComeAliveRadio.com to find out more and get directions. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well to keep up with the latest editions of Come Alive. You can find it on Google Play or iTunes. Thanks for tuning in today to Come Alive.